I feel like my key word for this year is grit. Hanging around even when it's not going well or even when you're in a phase where you're learning and there's not that progression. A mixture of tears <laughs> and maybe a little bit of a mental breakdown. How can I continue to invest in a business when the last few months haven't been what I expect them to be? Like going through a quieter period, it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Every business goes through it. So I was focusing way too much on the dollar sign rather than what's my mission? Like what am I trying to spread here? Do you have the optimal morning and nighttime routine when you're crushing it, you're feeling good? Instead of diving into my to-do list and going, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Like there's so much to do. Fuck my life. I hate everything. Really focus on like what am I thankful for about where I am now. I feel like intention setting is massive. If you set what you want to achieve out of the day, nine times out of ten you're probably going to achieve that and it actually makes your state so much clearer. All right, here we go again. Amelia, thank you so much for coming on and welcome to Sydney. You've been here for all of 30 minutes. <laughs> I literally just got out of the cab. I know, straight there. That's what you call express service. Um, <laughs> here for a day, so I'm like we have to fit you in while you're here. Um, so for people that don't know Amelia, you may know her as the, the happy employee who's, you've gone on a massive journey with that. She's also a podcaster, uh, co-host of some would say podcast, pretty epic guests. I would say so myself, maybe because I was <laughs> one of them. Um, an entrepreneur has heaped her hands in heaps of different projects, um, which I'm really keen to talk about and explore the whole journey you've gone on over the last five or so years. But where I want to start is just because I feel like it's all been attached to to the happy employee and what's come off the back of that. Can you tell me who is the happy employee and where did that start? Yeah, for sure. That's a great <laughs> question. And thank you so much for having me on. I am like <laughs> nervous, to be honest. Oh, don't and be nervous. We're just, yeah, having some fun. Yeah, I record podcasts all the time. It's so funny. As soon as you're the guest, you're mm. like, fuck, the pressure's on. You like, reckon? Yeah, I'm I think opposite. so. I'm really? the opposite. If I'm the guest, I'm like, Psst, I'm just going to go on and chat. <laughs> When I'm the host, I'm like, i got to control this thing and direct it. You know what I mean? I find that way harder for me. True. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm. Everyone's different. But yes, the happy employee, that has been a big journey. Mm. And I guess to take it back to the very beginning where everything sort of begun, mm. like my career journey, as you can imagine, the happy employee, it's all about career development. Yeah. And so when I left school, I went and did a pharmacy degree. Yeah random as, but at the time school was pushing like women in science. Mm. It's the way to go. You have to do this. And so I was like, well, I can't get into medicine. So what's the next yeah. best thing? <laughs> pharmacy. And so I did two and a half years of pharmacy before realizing, fuck this. Like yeah. this is so not, if you know anything about me, I'm very much into holistic health and that sort of realm. And when I think about it now, I'm like, holy moly, if I was a part of Big Pharma, like, I don't know, yeah. I, it would be, yeah, wild. There yeah. was definitely some intuitive vibes going yeah. on there. Um, and at the time, I was working for a fitness guru, Ashy mm. Bynes. Yeah. You may, you've probably heard of her Oh, before. yeah, we've worked with her many times. She's great. Yeah, yeah. So I was, um, I got a sales role there, super mm. random. I was like 20. Got a sales role and um, that sort of ended because they were closing different chapters of their business. Mm. And I moved into the events um, sort of sector of their yeah. business. And at the time they were doing booty camps. Yeah. And so they were going all over Australia like it was wild. It yeah. really opened my eyes up to like what the hell this is crazy like all these people thousands of girls coming paying like five hundred dollars how big the business is of it right oh it's massive i didn't know like ashy and like kayla it, it, it's this whatever how do you say yeah. last name yeah when when we're working with facebook we go in and have meetings and oh, we still work with facebook but like their biggest spender in australia was kayla we're like what wow. the fuck just some chick doing all the programs but it's a massive industry and that kind of blew my mind yeah totally mm. it's such a big industry and when I was there, I, that was sort of the time where I was going back and forth. I think I changed degrees like 50 times. Yeah. I was like pharmacy <laughs> and law, pharmacy and da da, -da like just uh, trying to find yeah. my feet. And I don't know if you know this, but my dad passed away when I was 20. Mm. And so that was all around the same time. And I was like, there's no way that I can keep studying when my, when I'm like grieving, going through this massive loss in my life. I don't even know if I want to be doing this. Like, it was a massive whirlwind yeah. of emotions, as you can imagine. Um, and 
So I ended up in events and I was like, I love this. I worked really closely with a lady who I'm super close with today, um, Renee. She's such a great businesswoman, Mm -hmm. like so incredibly savvy. And she was like, look, I studied, I I did business at uni and I did marketing and event management. They were my majors. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, sounds good. You know, when you just get something in your head and you're like, love it, let's go. So I did that. I'm the worst like that, but yeah. Yeah, did that <laughs> and um, did it whilst I was working full-time as well. So I kind of went through different jobs here and there, was yeah. in uh, Griffith Uni for a while, worked in their events team. So if you go to like an open day, you know, when oh, okay. kids go yeah. to uni and, you know, have the uni experience, yeah. I was doing those events. Um and then I was approached by one of my friends who I worked with at Ashley Bynes, her name's mm-hmm. Sammy. Yeah. She's the CEO of Breeze Balm. Yeah. And so in that sort of interim time, she had gone off and started Breeze Balm yeah. and it was really picking up. So she just started that in the last five years as well, did she? Yeah. Wow, I think Breeze Balm, well, so Breeze Balm, the formula has been around for 75 yeah, years. Yeah, it's been in her family, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. her dad's actually a pharmacist. Okay. There so you go. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he wouldn't mind me saying all of that anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I was approached by Sammy and she was like, look, I want someone to head my marketing. I know you're not finished your degree, but would you be open to it? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just like give this a go. Had you done much marketing by that point outside of uni? Like, have you done anything else? Or are we just like pretty green at that stage? Here and there, yeah. like. The event stuff we did, there was a bit of PR reach out yeah. to try and get different sort of influencers involved in the events. And like I had my taste in influencer marketing, posting on social media, like little dribs and drabs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so funny. I feel like the experience that I got on the job is so greater than what I was taught at uni. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. it's wild. Yep. I just, yeah, can't stress how important having some sort of internship or just like mm-hmm. getting your foot in the door a little bit, even if it, it is just posting on social media. Yeah. But I feel like I don't want to seem like a uni hater because I always talk about this, but like, again, I didn't, I went to uni for like two months and I'm doing fine. <laughs> like one of our yeah. last guests who's like, has like a epic content agency, like didn't even finish high school. But when you're in school, you, there's so much pressure on you to like pick exactly what you want to do at school and then like you need to pick the right course and then like get your uni degree or you won't be able to get a job. Or I feel like maybe 10 years ago it was more true. Yes. But unless you're doing something like that's regulated like finance or, you know, yep. law and pharmacy, med- medicine, yep. you don't really fucking – like if you can no. get real world experience, like take a gap year – do some like living, get jobs, do some like e-learning and then do an internship at a company you really like. If then you try and go get a job with a, a bigger company, I guarantee you're going to look more attractive than someone straight out of uni anyway. Yeah. And you've been earning money and living living your life for that three years as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I feel like also networking is oh, a yeah. big part of it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I know they always say it's like who you know, but really like when I think about the connections I've made, yep. it is – you know, and I, it's not me like clout chasing or whatever Trying the word to, is. Yeah, it's yeah. just like genuinely put yourself in those mm-hmm. positions and put yourself around the people who are doing yeah. the things that you want to do. And that's a big reason why we started Some Would Say. Yeah, same like, here, you know, for sure. Yeah. And so anyways, got approached by Sammy, was like, hell yeah, let's <laughs> do this. And I worked for Breeze Balm for about two and a half years. Yeah. And in that time, when I first landed the job, my partner, Mitchell, mm. he was like, we need to start something. We've yeah. got to start something. Like he's very entrepreneurial. Yeah. He has a few hair salons on the Gold yeah. Coast and he's just always been in that business world, yeah, yeah. whereas I haven't. Yeah. My mum was a teacher. Same with my dad. Yeah. Like I grew up in a very, you get a job and that's yeah. what you do. I family. thought that as well completely. I didn't even think of the possibility of owning my own business until well after I was out of high school. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of, I don't know, I was like, look, I just, I'm doing my degree. I just Mm. landed this full-time gig. Up until now, I'd be working casual. Like, this feels like the dream. Like, I'm getting paid, you know, $900 a week. And And there's no rush either to jump into, like, starting your own business straight away. Exactly. Just, it definitely wasn't my time. Mm. And I was like, this, other people must be feeling exactly the same way. And so I started an Instagram page called The Happy Employee. And... I guess like over time, the happy employee, you know, it was about being happy in my career, being employed, but it was also about happiness as a whole and like what happiness means. How do you cultivate happiness? It's not just this quick fix thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very much, you know, the focus of the happy employee mm-hmm. now. And so I left Breeze Balm yeah. uh, because we were approached by a business partner um, to do, it's called Bright Futures. Yeah. And it basically automates your crypto trading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, yes, if I don't, if I don't take this opportunity now, I feel like yeah. I never will. Like yep. it was one of those pivotal moments where you just kind of have in your mind and you're like, I just need to give it a go. Like yeah. who cares if I fail? You fail, whatever. Yeah. And like worst case scenario, I can get another job. Exactly. Like as sad as that was because I loved being a part yeah. of Breeze Balm, but I did have to kind of just reflect on where I was and yep. what I wanted to do. Um and so, yeah, over the past year, I've been doing that. And I also, uh, in that time, launched some merchandise for the happy yeah. employee. And so it's a flip book, desktop yep. flip book with quotes, actionable tips, prompts. And it did so well. Like yeah. for me, calling it merchandise, sending to like a few influencers. Yeah. And even today, I get so many tags of people sharing it on their desk. It's desks. such a shareable product that makes people feel good though. Yeah, it is. And for so long I said, this is just merchandise. Like yeah. it's just something that I want to attach to the happy employee. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of reflecting on it with my partner Mitch and I was like, what am I doing with this? Yeah. Like is this just something that's there and I'll it'll fizzle out and it's mm. I don't give it a go? Or am I developing new products, like creating this brand yeah. around the happy employee so it's not a personal brand? Yeah. And yeah, we decided to lean into it yeah. more, which meant that I had to step away from Bright Futures yeah. because oh, at okay. the moment my fingers were like they were pies and I had a finger in yeah, every single yeah. one. And being a creative, like being in marketing, mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't lead three businesses all at once yeah. and grow how I wanted to grow. Mm-hmm. Like I could do it maybe gradually, but that's not – I don't know. That's just not how I wanted to do things. Yeah. I understand big time. Like I, I take on a lot <clears throat> and, I, and I've been taking on too much for the last three years. So only now am I starting to get to the place that I've been able to cope with it. But for a long time, intuitively, I knew that I'm fucking up multiple things, not fucking up, but I'm not giving the full credit each project deserves because I'm trying to do too much, but I couldn't change. I'm like, that's who I am. I decided to suffer through it. And try my hardest until I got to the point when I could start to manage it. And I've only really started to feel like over the last maybe six months this year that I've been starting to catch up to the point where, hey, I can maybe manage all these projects and actually do them justice. And then more ideas and more business <laughs> like projects and stuff come up. And I'm like, no, look, I'm just starting to catch up. Yes. I'd love to do it. Like everyone's like, oh, I've got this business. Would you invest like in shiny it? Shiny object like, thing. Look, honestly, I love you. And, and, and it's a cool idea, but... No, I can't. Like, yeah. honestly, I can't. You do. You need space. Mm. Like, you need mental yeah. space and, yeah, just, like, being able to dedicate yourself. And I feel like my key word for this year is grit. Grit. And, like, hanging around even when it's not going well mm-hmm. or even when mm-hmm. you're in a phase where you're learning yeah. and there's not that progression. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that kind of takes us up to now. Yeah. So, yeah, the happy employee has been – over the last sort of like two months or so has gone from being a personal brand to now a product-based business, which was huge. Like I feel like people would kind of look at that and go, oh, who cares sort of thing. But for me to get my head around that, like I built this. it's a big change, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd built this community. What are people going to think? Now I'm changing. (laughs) Like now I'm not the happy employee. Like what the fuck? This whole brand that I've built. Yeah has gone from being employed to now I'm a business person. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But but the, the the brand isn't centered around being an employee. It's centered around happiness and fulfillment, exactly. right? And like, and that's the thing as well I'm conscious of, like, because we have business people on here and I'm always preaching, if you're not happy with your life, do something to, to, to change it, whether that be starting a business or whatever. But by no means do I want people to think that everyone should have a business. If you're happy, like whatever in whatever different field, whatever different role in a big organization, a small business, as a sole trader, whatever makes you happy, you should go after that mm-hmm. and, and not be pressured by the hustle culture. And because over the last five years, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and that's cool feeling like you have to do it because it's going to probably end up making you unhappier a lot quicker and then you'll end up feeling even more lost 
than if you just trusted your own gut and were able to quiet down that noise to like, oh, stressing out about what, what people are going to think when I make this move or when I don't make a move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like not caring what people think is yeah. something that I, I feel like I was always really good at. I feel like yeah. I always had pretty high self-esteem. Yeah. And in the last, yeah, little while to do with business, especially, I felt like my self-esteem really dropped. Yeah. And it is hard not to like get in your head mm -hmm. about what do these people think or like, yeah. why did my friend not post about it? Like all that mm, sort of stuff as yeah. well. There's such like a mixture of, a mixture of emotions that mm. come into play that I had no idea about. Yeah. Actually, you, you posted that, that post a couple of nights ago. I actually wanted to ask you about it. Where's the quote that you said? Um, oh, yeah. So this is how it starts. And I want to read it to you because I think it's so fucking relatable to anyone that's ever started a business or tried to start a business. It said, this is just the start of it. It's going well, my voice shrieked, raising octaves, when really I meant it's my quietest business period ever. No one fucking says that. And it's because everyone, there's so many influencers, entrepreneurs out there flashing their Gucci this, their Louis this, their wads of cash, tagging fine dining places all over Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, whatever. And people are afraid to be real, but I guarantee half of those people are fucking struggling. Yeah. But no one talks about it. Talk to me about what that last couple of months of maybe not having your best period in business ever has been like for you. And then what made you be like, fuck this, I'm going to share it. Yeah, well... I think it was um, a mixture of tears yeah. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of a mental breakdown. Yeah. And Mitch is just my fiance, Mitch. Yeah. He's the biggest like support network yeah. ever. He's amazing. He offers yeah, so much support and love yeah. and is just always there for me. Yeah. And I was just sort of telling him how I was feeling and yeah. it actually started, we, what were we talking about? It was something to do with like, taking the next step or like creating a new product or something like inspiring. Mm. And I just like spiraled yeah. and then ended up in tears about, and it was meant to be this inspiring morning. Yeah. And he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, it all just feels way too mm. much. How can I continue to invest in a business when the last few months mm -hmm. haven't been what I expect them to be? Yeah, And like in all transparency, I haven't done Facebook marketing. Mm. I haven't done really any paid marketing at all. Yeah. And he was like, Amelia, you've done fuck all. Yeah. Like really, like yeah. stop beating yourself up. There's people who invest fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. and you've spent two grand on some products. Yeah. Like relax, like yeah, exactly. you're fine sort of it's thing. It's your only voices in your head that are stressing you out though, right? It's yeah. that, it's that, yeah, internal, internal monologue. Oh, I've, I'm not achieving the results I wanted fast enough, but you shouldn't like put it this way. I know businesses that are turning over fucking eight figures a year um, that struggled for six months plus to get off the ground. And it's like, it's such a bullshit cliche saying it's not bullshit. It's a cliche saying you only, <clears throat> you only like lose once you've given up, but like going through a quieter period, it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Every business goes to it. Yeah. But no one wants to ever speak about it or acknowledge it. No, no, yeah. exactly. And I think that's like something that really clicked in my mind that mm. I was like, of course, like this is business. Yeah. Like what do I expect that it's just yeah. always up yeah. or I'm always making money? Yeah. And also another thing I think for me, per like being very, very honest, yeah. I was focusing way too much on the dollar sign mm. rather than like, what am I, why am I doing this? Yeah. What, what's my mission? Like, what am I trying mm -hmm. to spread here? But it's really hard when your livelihood depends on, you know, making yeah. money. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone can relate. Money does have that like taboo topic around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's something as well. It's like <clears throat> a lot of people, like everyone can relate, like earning money is important, but at the same time to anyone that has taken the big risk to start a business and then realizing, oh shit, no, that's not just every Monday there's a thousand bucks in my account. I actually have to make sales to make the money come in. And then even another step, and I don't want to seem like, oh, you poor business owner, but like when you start hiring staff and having employees and you realize, fuck, I'm responsible for all these people. And then at times people just look at anyone that has a business and be like, oh, they've got it so easy. Like, yes. uh, lucky you, why would I ever, like, not that everyone, anyone's asking for sympathy, but until you've experienced it, the stress and the pressure of having to pay yourself and pay the bills, rent, mortgage, staff, stock, suppliers, whatever, it's, it's a lot on your, like, 
psyche that you don't really realize when you're getting into business, right? No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. And like, like I said in my post, my self-esteem, mm-hmm. like it's weird. It's almost like, you know how there's the thing of like followers and yeah. likes on Instagram. Yeah. It's almost like the Shopify money symbol yeah. <laughs> is that for me. Yeah. And it's so fucking toxic. Yeah. Like I, I've really had to, yeah, like readjust and think, I don't know, just almost not even look at that yeah. right now yeah, because yeah, yeah. it is, it feels really toxic yeah. for me and it just feels like I'm going like this with myself. But like Mitch said, you hadn't even done, like you probably, as yeah. you know, for someone being in marketing, all the tools you have to grow a business or whatever, how many have you actually used? It's a small percentage, but for some reason in your head, it's started to spiral, right? You're like, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's always a way like, yeah. I've And like you said, to do with staff, yeah. Mitch's mum, She's like the CEO of their hair salons. Yeah. And yeah, I think of her, She was, Mitch was telling me a story and she, um, he was saying his dad passed away 10 years ago and he was like, Amelia, during that time, my mum was burning through cash trying to keep her businesses afloat. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, she was supporting like 20 staff members or something. Like that is why I feel like a brat. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, why yeah. am I crying? You know what I mean? But I think it's such a valid point. Like mm. I had so many people message me saying like, I hear you. Mm. Like it's everyone goes through this and it's just a part of business. And like, unfortunately, well, I don't know. Fortunately, unfortunately, it's just what it is. It's a part of business, but I don't, I don't know. Like everyone talks about like, let's go back to like talking about the likes and stuff and like what people think, like, cause people like you say that and then you realize how many people are actually relating. But if you were to do a post, oh, I just hit X amount of, sales this month and like you were in some fancy restaurant like why do what why do we always see like personally i could do a video and i could wear a gucci shirt and it would get twice as many likes if i was wearing a normal t-shirt yeah why the fuck is society geared so much towards that money you know what i mean i don't understand it that's a big part of the reason we started this podcast to make people realize that are in business that aren't in business like it's not always easy for the most successful people in the world they have their days where they struggle but it's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I think it's because so many people push this fucking e-com, e-com, e-com. It's like printing money. No, it's mm. not, bro. Yeah. If it, like it, it can be if you're like one in, a, you know, a hundred. But for a lot of people, it's 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 a grind. And you need to be able to, you know, have that clear long-term vision, what you want to achieve and back yourself in the months where it's not going to be easy. And then it can be. But just to rock up and expect it's going to be easy and you're going to be making money like it's nothing, it's just not It's not reality. No, and sustainability I feel mm-hmm. like in business is yeah. like a massive thing that I am striving for yeah. and can get in my head a little bit mm-hmm. if I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> like how am I going to be 50 and doing this? Yeah. So, yeah, there's just like a whole whirlwind of emotions mm. I feel. Because linked to all that, like something you're extremely passionate about is mental health and you've been open over the years of like your own struggles and journey with mental health. What's kind of been some of the big mindset shifts or tools or practices that you've introduced in your life to to help you manage, like keep your mental health like in, in a good space and like help yourself, you know, when you are getting down into a bit of like a lower moment to help get yourself back to that happy happy medium, that balanced place? Yeah, that's a great question. I think when I first, I was kind of in amongst the 25-year-olds who very much grew up with like diet culture. Yeah. And so a lot of health really Mm -hmm. stemmed from what your body looks like. Yeah. And so for a lot of my like early 20s, I didn't even kind of consider mental health as something that like was a concern to me. Yeah. My whole focus was on fitness and I – kind of like ebbed and flowed through like maybe a more relaxed style of fitness and maybe more strict. And now I feel like I'm at a very happy place with, I just do what I do and that's how I live. Um, But yeah, mental health only really in the last sort of few years that I realized I was like, hang on, like, I feel like I actually need a little bit of help here. Like I'm doubting myself and I'm feeling all these different feelings, anxiety, like, yeah, not kind of what I've considered what I've experienced before. Um, And something that I did last year is I read a book every single month and my books were all around kind of manifestation and like very woo woo to some people. And then sometimes it was like atomic habits where Mm. it was, I don't know, maybe a bit more logical. I think that really helped me like Mm -hmm. gaining more knowledge around what is everyone doing out there to help their mental health. 
Um, and since then, meditation has been a huge one for me, learning how to meditate or just to be still yeah. and breathe, like actually breathing more than anything, I feel mm. like is so important to me. You know, when you feel like you've had a couple of coffees and you're just like, holy moly, I need to sit and just take like 10 deep breaths right now. Yeah. That has been so great to ground me and yeah. to just like allow me to process what's happening mm. and to like how to move on. Yeah. Um, something else that I did, which obviously won't apply to everyone, but I did a manifestation course mm -hmm. by Georgie Stevenson. Yeah. And I think in that time, something that it taught me not so much about manifestation, well, it did, but more so about goal setting mm -hmm. and taking the time to actually set a goal, but also come back to it and give yourself like rituals that you do maybe every week or every month where you reflect on your goal and, you know, you see how you're tracking and how you're processing and mm. kind of like how you felt in the month. So journaling yeah. out of that whole thing has been a massive yeah. thing for my mental health. That was health. something I wanted to ask you about actually that, that course you did because I'm, I'm someone again, like, and it's going to sound like to, to a bunch of guys, yeah, really woo woo, whatever call it manifesting, whatever I call it law of attraction. It's just like, it, it's so real. And once you realize the power it can have in your life, it's, it's amazing. Like for me, the biggest thing is like in terms of managing my mental health or like me feeling good about myself, or if I am a little bit lost or down, what brings me back to me, it's always goal setting yeah. and looking at what my goals are, because whether I'm feeling good about where I am or particularly it's helpful when I'm not feeling good about where I am, where oh, I've had a couple months where I feel a little bit lost or what am I fucking doing with my days? Like, why am I you doing all these things that don't make me happy or being concerned about these little bullshit things that don't, that don't really matter Yeah, is for me, the biggest tool is I just, okay, what, like, let's do a five year plan. Where do I want to be at that time? And then like, I'll break it down five years and then I'll break it down to the steps along the way. But then I'll just visualize, like I'll sit with myself and I'll just visualize that moment five years from now, living that life, experiencing it. And to me, like if I can connect myself to that emotionally and, and through my thoughts and then be able to plan out, and it never sticks to exactly to the plan of how I'll get from where I am today to where I want to be in five years, then you've got a plan. So it's like, okay, I'm going to stop feeling sorry about myself. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to start. I'm not, I'm, I acknowledge I'm not happy with what I'm doing today and where I am. Here's where I want to be. I'm going to start actioning those steps. And then it always brings me out of it so fast. That's yeah. the biggest thing for me. Goal setting because it'll take me to where I want to be even when I'm not there. Yes, 100%. Yeah. That's helped me so much. Yeah. And it has, you know, since doing Georgie Stevenson's course, this is very yeah. sort of trivial, but I feel like everyone will be able to relate to some degree. Yeah. Mitch and I were buying a house. Mm -hmm. We were trying to buy a house. And then I left my full-time role. And so obviously the banks like don't consider you for anything until you've been in business for, yeah. you know, two years or whatever. And during that time when I was visualizing, you know, where I want to live and what I want my life to be like, I saw arches mm. and the beach, like the beach is a massive part of my life. Yeah. My dad was a surfer. And so I feel like that's how I connect you with still, him a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I love that. And it's just always been a part of like, my upbringing, I grew up near Byron Bay. So it's oh, sick. Yeah, just always been a part of like how I want my life to be. Anyway, so I saw Archers and we obviously tried to go for houses, got knocked yeah. back because the market blew up also over COVID. So there's yep. just been like a few things and we were like, fuck it. I think we just need to rent. Yeah. Decided to rent. And this was when the harsh border lock happened um, from New South Wales to Gold Coast. Yeah. So it was when literally no one could come through. Like it was wild. Was the second lockdowns? Yeah, oh, like yeah, yeah. the but, most recent yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and we went and inspected a house, yeah. had arches, was right on the beach, mm. like so many arches. I was like, what the hell? And because there was a harsh border lockdown, no one else was coming through to look at rentals. And so they were literally hounding us, asking, do you want this house? Do you wow. want this house? Like they wanted us to have it. Damn. So wild. And, you know, call it what you want, but I fully, fully vouch for visualisation yeah, I, me and George, like my, my, like the guy I started Happy Skin Go With, a good mate, um, when we started, like <clears throat> before we had launched it, the year we were working on it prior to launch, 
we would do all our work and then he had a park across the road from his house and we'd go over to the park. I've told this story many times and we'd just sit and chat about all these things we're going to achieve and who we'd work with and what we would do and how we'd grow the business and getting our first warehouse and hiring staff. And honestly, the accuracy of what we spoke about and visualized and how quickly it came into my life. And that was the first time I really started using the law of attraction, manifestation, whatever you want to call it intentionally. The next like two years of my life was 10 years worth of growth. Yeah. Um, in, turn, in terms of personal growth, but also projecting my life forward towards the direction I want to be. And the biggest thing for me during that time was just my mind being so attached to the goals and just visualizing every single day. So, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, some people think it's bullshit, but just try it, honestly. No, it's, yeah. And it's kind of, you know, that feeling where you feel like you're kind of floundering through life. You don't really yeah. have like a clear vision mm. or like clarity. Yeah. I think that whole process, journaling, sort of, yeah, gaining that clarity, it gives you a bit of a roadmap, yeah. which and now I'm learning in business, you need that. As well. You like need it you, in life. Yeah. You need, you need, you need a North Star to map everything you do towards. Because even if I'm really happy, I, let's say I'm doing all this fun stuff and hanging out with my friends, my partner, whatever. We're just having a lot of fun. After a month or two of having a lot of fun, but not really moving towards anything, I start feeling lost because like I've lacked that clarity. Yes. For me, having a direction to move, like not every single decision I make, but a lot of the decisions I make that are big decisions need to map towards. I stop and think, is this taking me closer to where I want to be or further away? And if it's taken me further away, I generally won't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I mm. agree. I 100% agree. You said something before as well that I find really interesting. And I wonder if everyone has this moment. I know I do. You said, oh, I only really consciously was aware of mental health like in the last few years. For me, there would have been a time I would have been 20, 21. And I had a period, it's the only period in my life that I feel like I was depressed. I'm not 100% sure if it was proper depression, but there was three, four months where I was depressed, right? And then since then I realized how, how shit you can feel. And then since then, well, while I was in that, I thought of all these different things I can do to get me out of it. The big thing I was acting then, I got really clear on, on the goals for acting where I want to go and that helped me pull me out of it. And now I have a lot of different practices I do and I've developed a mind that doesn't let bad things into me to, let, to, to tear me down or to break my self-esteem. But until I was 21, until I had that point where my mental health wasn't the best, I don't think I ever thought about mental health. Yeah. That I had to manage it, that it was a thing that existed. I just wake up every day and go about your life. I wonder if that everyone has that moment where like you turn into an adult or something happens and you cannot just take mental health for, for, for like, you know, yeah. anymore. Like, I know. That's such a great question. Mm, I don't know. I maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, but then I also think obviously it's something that's spoken about a lot on, a lot on social media yeah. now. I'm like, is it just that I'm influenced because people are speaking about it? But then I also think it's great that it's like yeah. spoken about because my mum's generation or my grandma's like wasn't a thing. You were just fine and then yeah. that's all good. So is, I, I, is it just because we're more aware of when we're talking about it? But like, yeah, I definitely took mental health for, for like just to, to wake up every day and feel happy until you've realized that, hey, it's not always like that and there's things you need to do to, to make sure you can stay feeling good. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, I know for me, it's a big thing is like when I'm really, when I'm really feeling my best, I have like a, a set morning and nighttime routine. Do you have the optimal morning and nighttime routine when you're crushing it, you're feeling good? Like, do you have something that you stick to? Yeah. I think this is something when I became self-employed that yeah. I really was like, oh, yeah, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. like, it's the best, huh? I know. And, but then I sort of took it for a bit of a ride mm -hmm. and then I was like, why am I feeling like all over the shop? Like, why, why can I not focus? Why am I not getting like stuff done? Yeah. And it's because I didn't have a morning and a nighttime. Well, actually I'm pretty good with nighttime yeah. because I need sleep. Yeah, like yeah. I'm like a nine hour sleep. Wow. Kind of nine gal. hours. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Like I need my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> But morning routine specifically, I love movement yep. in the morning, um, whether that's, you know, like a beach stroll, putting my sand, putting, putting my feet in the sand, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and I also love Pilates and a little bit of gym, but I'm not a huge gym goer. Yeah. Um, and taking the time to plan my day, but also in that planning process, I think about what am I thankful for today? And like reflecting on that sort of like high vibe energy, like 
instead of diving into my to-do list and going, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Like there's so much to do. Fuck my life. I hate everything. Really focusing on like, what am I thankful for about where I am now? Um, Setting my intention for the day is huge. Is this all as well that the new product you launched, the big plans, does this kind of, is this part of your morning routine? Is this where you kind of plan all these things? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Big Plans is my latest product yeah. and it's a daily desk pad. Mm-hmm. And essentially I've incorporated, you know, over the years, I've read so many books, like I yeah. said. Um, and I also did a lot of things, courses and different things to do with mental health yeah. manifestation. And I've kind of like observed what all these like multi-millionaires are doing around the world and just successful people in my eyes, what they're doing in their morning routine or just their life um, and how I can like utilize that in my everyday. Yeah. And so, yeah, I created a little bit of a formula, I like to say. Okay. And so it has what I'm thankful for, my intention for the day. I feel like intention setting is massive. Mm -hmm. If you set what you want to achieve out of the day or like, yeah, your intention Nine times out of ten, you're probably going to achieve that. When you yeah. reflect back on it, you'll be like, wow, I actually did that today. That's wild. Instead of just diving in, not knowing really where you want to be in the day. Mm. Um, and another thing is reflecting on my big goal because I think that's something that I often did, you know, in my early 20s. I would set this great goal at the beginning of the year and then by the end of the year, I'd be like, I don't even know what I said. Yeah. <laughs> So every day me reflecting on my big goal and writing down as if it's already happened is huge and how I'll feel in that moment when it happens. And then in terms of like my tasks that I need to get done, I break it into habits, my most important tasks, and then the rest of the tasks that I have to get done. But I guess the sort of like key elements in that is that I call them mental rituals. So... I love to do that first and then I move on. So I set myself up, like yeah. I, I set my mind frame up and then I move on to the work yeah, or the action parts. Yeah. And so that big goal, is it every day you reflect on that same big goal for the year? Yep. What? Or sometimes I, it can be monthly. It's okay, however, yeah, yeah. however you feel like. Whatever your big goal is in this period of your life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people, I actually went to my community with the initial design. Yeah. For big plans. And I said, what do you guys want to add? Yeah. Few people love to track their waters and things like that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really like to track my water, but I like the idea of tracking habits. Habits, yeah. And so that's kind of where that came in. So what's some of like your top three habits that you like to keep consistent? Are there certain things that you feel pop up quite often? Yeah. Meditation, I yeah. feel like is a big thing for me. And journaling, um, which I call my mental rituals. It's kind yeah. of like all incorporated. Uh, movement is also a big thing. I I feel like it's kind of generic, like what everyone says, like there is, you know, you hear it all the time. It's a bit cliche. Everyone's like, oh yeah, move your body. Oh yeah. Yeah. Breathe, like do this, but it actually works and it actually, yeah, makes your state so much clearer and so much lighter. Mm -hmm. You know, when you just feel light Mm -hmm. and calm and you like in a flow state. Yeah. You mentioned you're you're a big reader, or you, you you've set yourself the the challenge of reading a book a month. If if I had to say, what are your top three books? Oh, put me on the say? spot. I know. <laughs> I'm terrible at remembering names. Um, Gabby Bernstein. Yeah. She has a really great book. I really liked that. I can't remember what's it called. Uh, it's all around manifestation. Is that the universe has your back. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Atomic Habits was really good as well. And Grit by Angela Duckworth. Okay. I've never actually heard of Grit. I think I saw you when you shared it like a year ago or whenever it was. Yes. But what's Grit about? She essentially interviews kind of like athletes and just like professionals who've been doing the work that they do for so many years and kind of unpacks like how can you still be doing the same thing and like what it takes to still stay Mm. in that same thing and that like level of, um, I don't know, high performance, I guess. And yeah, one of the key words that she found that most people kind of like endure is like grit and the ability to, she talks about boredom 
and like how a lot of these people still experience boredom, but even through that like bored period, they push through and they hold on to that yeah. same level of grit. It's really interesting. Such a good mm. book. For me, yeah, I'm a key example of that, but I'm of the belief that like if you find something you really love, like it won't ever feel like work, you know what I mean? And like yeah. that the podcast is like that. Obviously it's one of many things I do, but I'm trying to get my life to the point where I can wake up every day and do things that I love regardless of how much money it's going to make me. You know what I mean? And it's a very privileged position to be in, but that's where I'm trying to get my life to as soon as I can because like life's short, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like you only get one chance to do this version of life, whatever happens after, who, who fucking knows. Mm. But there, there's a quote again, a, a post or a quote you shared. I want to I read it to you again because I think it's so fitting and I think – it's kind of a big issue in like today's world, fucked up world, right? You said, where is it? Let me find it. Okay. Only you and you alone can change your situation. Don't blame it on anyone or anything. Now, I really agree with that. Not like, but like my thought is like so many people today, particularly the last two, three years with all the weird shit that's happening in the world will say, oh, the world is so fucked up. It's so unfair. Um, you know, it's all controlled, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And like wild, yeah, look, the world is pretty fucked up. I'm sure there's things that we don't understand and whatever. But my problem with that is it's like a lot of people, I see a lot of people complaining about it. It's not fair. It's not right. Why would I participate in life when I don't have re real control? And I get that. Um, but what I would say, like, unless you're someone who believes you're put on this planet to, you know, start a revolution for that. And if you are, fucking, I completely support you. Go for it. But like pe people complain about the rules of the world and how it's mm. not fair. But like, if you want to be happy really what I would do is focus on what you control and focus on what you want and just identify the rules of the universe and say, okay, that's how things are. I'm going to find a way to win within these set of rules, which is how the world works or, or you don't. And you're going to like complain about being unfair and you're never going to get what you want. That's just my take. You know, yeah. some people are going to be like, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. You, of course you would say that you got a business, you got a bit of money, but like, yeah, but I wasn't happy where I was five years ago before I started all this. And like, yeah. I could have, you know, but just decide what you want, focus on what you control. And I guarantee if you work at it, like you end up being so much happier. What's your thoughts on, on, on that and that yeah. quote you shared? Oh, a hundred percent. And it's like, you hear people piss and moan all mm. the time about, you know, where they are in life yeah. or just about little things. And even like, I don't know. This is a little bit off topic, but even like conspiracy theories yeah. and like going down a massive rabbit hole of all of that. In my mind, I'm like, this is way too consuming. Like yeah. I actually want to live my life yes. and not stress. Maybe, maybe I agree with some of that mm -hmm. stuff, but the thought of like being consumed by that every day, yeah. I'm like, fuck that. Like, it's like, even if all this shit is true, what am I going to do about it? It's just going to uh, fuck me up to dive into all this shit yeah. anyway. Like. And yet, like you said, unless it's like your passion and you, yeah, like you're setting about exactly. creating change, what is just complaining about it doing? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. And like people be like, no, but if you don't complain, then they win. It's like, but what has complaining done for you in the last, you know, two years of your life that you've been doing it? Yeah. Like if you want to become a change maker, truly become a change maker. Don't just tweet your opinions <laughs> and, you know, like get angry yeah, yeah. at people when they don't agree <laughs> with the way you think the world should be. Yeah, we should all strive to change and be better as, a, as like a society but like if you're unhappy within yourself, start focusing on that mm. rather than trying to change the world first, you know? Yes, for sure. And I also think like with that, I think listening to other people's point of view is really important, yeah. which I feel like the last two years, it's been so polarizing. Like everyone's yeah. got their opinion. Everyone thinks this should be right and this is wrong yeah. and this is how you do things and da, 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 da. I think like, Whatever you believe, mm. just like sit back and just take in people's opinion. Like that's the part of life. You yeah. get to experience, people get to have different points of view mm. and that's the beautiful thing about life. The tricky thing is I agree and I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to get to that point where you can take on op with an open mind other people's points of views. But like I was chatting to, um, I was chatting to one of the guys I work with, one of my best mates, and we are talking about this literally last week. It's like everyone just, I feel like a lot of people just feel like the belief system that they have in their head is correct, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I feel like I'm, you know, very, you know, 
liberal with a lot of things and other things that might like, I have my set of values and I feel like I don't just, uh, everything left. I agree. Everything yes. like I'm ver- like, I take different things on regard, like on their merit. So many people are either fully right, fully left, but I'm not saying I'm right. No. But everyone thinks that their point of view is right. Yeah. It's just a dangerous way to live if you don't identify that and you start like taking down other people that don't align with your views. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And like we're talking, we don't really talk much politics and stuff on this podcast because obviously I'm so it's not dangerous. A political person. No, <laughs> but like we're talking about, did you see all that Andrew Tate stuff that got shared around that guy? Oh, why does that ring a bell? That bold guy who's like really sexist and misogynist and stuff. Yeah. And he's like slap like bitch and got talk really degrading stuff to girls. Yeah. And like so many young guys are like supporting him. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure there's tons of good stuff that he says that I would probably agree with. Yeah. But like all this bullshit and like people just get like attracted to the drama yeah. and like anything that can be like highly, um, what's the word? Like controversial. Yes. And it's just a fucking weird way to live, man. I yeah. don't know. I don't have the answer, but like everyone just thinks their point of view is right. And you watch these conversations on Twitter or Instagram or like people arguing in the comment sections yeah. of a post and it's like. There's zero percent chance that you're going to convince the other person, but they just get so worked up about it. I know, I know. It honestly like drains me thinking yeah. about it. Anyway, um, I just thought, fuck, what a what a weird world we live in now. Um, I do want to ask you some questions about the whole bright thing. I know you stepped away from it. Yeah. Um, but the questions I had, obviously, I've dabbled a bit in crypto over the last couple of years. Probably got in at the one of the worst times. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you'd chuck a bunch of money and I, I don't have time to fucking day trade and follow the charts yes. and all this. I'm like, oh yeah, pick some, you know, I, I did a bit of research. I wasn't that dumb, but like I got in probably like 90% of the way towards the peak. And then right. since then, you know what's happened over the yes. last year or whatever. Yep. My question is, uh, I assume it being in that space, starting a startup in that space with crypto and investing, is it a lot more challenging oh. when it's like a period like this that things are going de- like so? Yeah. Shopify actually recently just stopped accepting our payments. Oh really? Yeah, they were like, sorry, our payment gateway like won't allow you to, you know, keep taking your subscriptions. Wow, so, no way. Yeah, when I say I stepped away, I just mean that I am still like a part of it, yeah. but it's not my core focus yeah, at the yeah, moment. Yeah. So I'm definitely still mm. supporting Mitch's yeah. sort of vision. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's had its challenges. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> and like, cause I imagine like everyone was like, fuck, I can't miss out on all this crypto stuff. So everyone was getting into it. Now I imagine there's still heaps of money being traded on crypto every day, but I feel like in a market that's like in a bear market, you kind of need yeah. to know what you're doing to make money. And Absolutely. it's so easy to lose money. And people, uh, buy into the fear a lot as well, yeah. regardless of, you know, sort of like their profits or, mm. you know how their accounts are going, mm. they see someone post on social media, oh, my God, get out of crypto. And yeah. it's just like, fuck. Like, and especially so Bright Futures, we automate crypto yeah. um, for you. We make it easy for you. Yeah. We want you to still – we want you to be a part of the crypto revolution, yeah. but we understand that people don't have time to sit there and day trade mm. for, you know, eight hours a day or whatever. And even if you do have a full-time job and then you come home at night, you want to spend it with your family. You want to like live your life. And so, yeah, essentially we're making it easy for you. So how does it work? Let's just say I'm brand new to crypto. I have $1,000. I want to put it in and see what happens. How does, I assume it uses algorithms and all sorts of stuff to work. Yeah. What, how does it kind of work? How does it help a beginner? Yeah. So we connect through encrypted APIs to your uh, exchanges. Yeah. So at the moment we're using Binance and FTX. We've had like, oh no, sorry, Bybit. Because yep. FTX is honestly, there's new rules that come out every oh, single it's too day. Much. That's why I stopped. I don't understand. And there is obviously like getting conspiratorial, but there is market manipulations by people that I will never un- be smart enough yeah. to understand. So I'm like, uh, yes. I'll wait till the market's going up. It'll be easier to, yeah. <laughs> to make money. I know. Well, yeah, I think everyone's sort of of the same mm. thought pattern. Um, yeah, and essentially we do all the heavy lifting for yeah. you. So once you connect and you deposit your funds into the exchanges, which are all fully secure, like yeah. we never touch your money, um, you connect through APIs and essentially the system works for you. Trades yeah. on your behalf, buys, sells. Um, it's literally as easy yeah. as that. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I was almost going to like, I remember I was so close. I'm like, I'm just going to hit her up and say like, let's just do it. But then the market started going, I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll wait a little bit. But fuck, I thought it was such a good thing for someone that's not super into to day trading and, and like the charts and stuff. If you, if you're a beginner and you go in and you look at those things, you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yes. Um, but I want to move on. I want to make sure we get a few through a few more questions before we finish up. One thing before I get to the last few questions and you, you mentioned before, and it is a bit of a change of pace again. Um, obviously, sadly, you lost your father at, at, at 20. I wanted to know for you as a person, how, how did that affect your life? And, and you, you mentioned you're still extremely connected to him and it seems like he's an inspiration in your life. I just want to feel like, how do you hold that like with you in a day? And do you think that losing a parent at that age did, did kind of change you a bit? hundred percent. I feel like my early twenties are just black. Like I can't remember them. And it's so sad to think about it. Like I don't often reflect on it cause I'm not a hugely emotional person, mm. but when I think about, yeah, my early twenties and kind of like what my dad's missed out on, it's yeah. more sad. It's more sad when I think about it in terms of his life, yeah. like not so much mine. It's like, you know, he passed away when my mum um, and him had, I had just left home. So they were like in their new honeymoon mm. phase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, they just had set themselves up so well. They were like about to retire, like live your life sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, sadly he passed away. He passed away from a cancer caused by asbestos. Mm. So exposure to asbestos when he worked in, he worked in the, um, Steelworks in Wollongong. Oh, really? Yeah. For like a hot second. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, absolutely like devastating. And I feel like my concept of life, I actually think about like death a lot. Yeah. And whether I'm sort of scared of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I just can't imagine, I don't know, I've got this like a little bit of a phobia of being around hospitals okay. and just in that environment, like, or being at a state where my health wasn't at its peak, if yeah. that makes sense. So I feel like, yeah, it definitely shaped me. That's yeah. for sure. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think I just feel sad for mm -hmm. my dad that he didn't get to live yeah. his life more. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I know I grew up with my mum and my grandparents and so my granddad was like my dad. Um, and like, I still feel like he, it was been over six years that, that my granddad passed away, which again, feels like, I can't believe it's been six years, but also it was like extremely sad for me. He like, he was my absolute hero, my best friend, my, like essentially my dad, everything in one to me. But like one thing that I've never felt is like, I've never felt disconnected from him. I've always yeah. felt that like, and one of the biggest things I'm sad of, like you said, is I'm obviously incredibly sad for, for me not being able to have him around. Mm. But like what I've been able to do with my life, I know how proud he would be if yeah. and like how much joy he would get to be able to watch me do all these things. But I still feel like I'm not religious or anything, but I know he like and, and your dad I'm sure knows like the, the woman you've become and everything you're doing. And like, yeah, I just feel like what you said, being scared of that. I feel like if anything, I'm less scared of death. Yeah. Um, because not that I fucking want to die at all. No way. <laughs> but like. If it, but it is a, an interesting concept mm, when you think about it. Yeah. You're like, it's life. Yeah. Like everyone dies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you become at peace with it. Yeah. I don't know. It's freeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I don't even know what I was saying, but I, I agree for sure. It's like, and at least the thing is like the, 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 okay, let's just say the, your business is, 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 is like completely crumbles or you, you know, whatever, you lose your home, all these sorts of terrible things that can happen in someone's life. Seeing that you got through that is like nothing is, you know what I mean? You can get yeah. through anything. Like nothing, you, you know what I mean, could ever be like getting through these sorts of extremely emotional experiences. For me, that was always my biggest fear. When I was acting, obviously I'm extremely close to my mum's, but when I was acting, if I ever needed to, cry I would always think about him and it was always the biggest fear of my life and going yeah. through that and it was extremely traumatic and you know ups upsetting but like you know you can kind of get through anything yes. when you've had that level of loss right 100 percent. yeah i i agree with that so much mm. i even said kind of when i was in my lowest of lows yeah. about business i was like it it reminds me of the grief that i felt mm. like 
when I was so sad when my dad passed away. Um, but that was almost like a flick in my brain to go, yeah. oh, I can do hard things. Very hard like, thing, yeah. It's fine. I'm going to be yeah. fine kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, the adversity sort of factor mm. in it has been a massive blessing. Like it feels weird to say that. Yeah. It feels wrong to say like I, I wouldn't say that I'm grateful that yeah, my dad has passed away. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I guess I'm glad that I experienced that level of love and yeah. that yeah. I don't know. You know that saying where they mm. say it's like grief is love with nowhere to go? But it's like having that level of love for your dad has now given you the ability to experience love that much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like because you've experienced such such an amazing amount of love now means your your body is capable of feeling that amount of love, whether it be for Mitch or your mom. Like you now yes. have that ability to love that much because of that person. So it's actually a blessing. Yeah. You know what I mean? In in, in that way. I know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, like I said, it almost feels a bit wrong to call it a blessing, yeah. but it is. it it is. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. For, like I didn't want to, you know, take it to like a, a really personal place, but like I just wanted to, yeah, I'm sure it was very pivotal in like the woman you've become and everything you show open with, everything you shared. Um, I'm conscious of time, so I want to wrap up soon, but there's one other thing that I, I – uh, I saw that you shared when I was doing some research and I, and I want to ask you about it just because I feel like it's very relatable to like a lot of uh, young women. It's like something you've struggled with in like at, at times is like hormonal acne and I've, I've realized you've found ways to help cure that and, and manage those symptoms. Can you kind of speak to that journey and, and what kind of work for you? Because there's so many other people that, that struggle with it. Yeah, for sure. I love all the research you've <laughs> done. I'm like, oh, what have I said now? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you post a lot. So there's a lot of good yes. information out there. Listen to some podcasts. You gotta, that sort of thing. Like when we're talking before off air, like people just think you rock up into a podcast. Like no, no you put work into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was like me when we were researching you. I was uh, like, yeah. oh, he was an actor. Perfect. Add yeah, that in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, hormonal acne has been huge. Mm. Like for the past, I'm going to say probably four years, probably when I entered like serious sort of career development yeah. phase, I feel like my level of stress really affected my hormones. Mm. Um, and I've worked closely with a naturopath for pretty much since that time. So for about four years and very much, like I said earlier, I'm very much into holistic, um, holistic approach to health. And, you know, if there's a natural way to do it, I'm going to give that a go before I, you know, enter into the more chemical side. Um, and so, yeah, I cured my hormonal acne naturally. And it was through a, such a combination of things, yeah. you know, it was like, Working with my naturopath, obviously I got so many tests done to see what my hormone levels were doing. Um, and then um, another factor was my stress levels. And I used to work out a lot, like hit cardio, crazy, sweat your face off. And I realized that that was not serving me at all. Um, and so just like really changing my lifestyle and as well, my sort of mental health, I feel like really affected my hormones yeah. because I was stressing all the time. My cortisol was always up. Um, so yeah, working with a naturopath and then doing a lot of research myself too. I'm very like curious and I love um, sort of like figuring stuff out for myself. And so yeah, just kind of like researching stuff. I know Google doesn't always have the answers, yeah. but listening, listening to podcasts, listening to different health professionals, um, has really helped me along that journey. And I actually, I posted about it on TikTok, so random. <laughs> and it was one of the videos that went viral. Yeah, so it's really? like clearly, clearly people That's what I mean. are struggling with it. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's so hard because it's not a one fix, yeah. you know, a one thing So solution. it's like an alternative to going natural. Would it be something like racketine? The alternative? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. would. That's like pretty gnarly stuff, oh, though. I I took it when oh, I was in really? high school. My brother took it. I would never recommend. Yeah, it. you know, there's like research now linked to suicide. Oh yeah, by taking I it. it, it's like pretty gnarly stuff. I reckon because it was a couple. Yeah, me and my brother both had like the mental health things not long after coming off that. I think it fucks you up so bad. It literally yeah. changes the, the chemical process of making oils and stuff in your like it. 
so bad. But I also had, I remember saying that and because I, I took it like 10 years ago now, complete, you know, I, I don't really think about it too much anymore, but I, I, I knew a girl, this was only, only about 18 months ago and she struggled with um, like acne and um, she started taking Rakuten and, and I was friends with her friend. I, I'm not going to tell her how to live her life, what she should do, but I remember telling her friend like, I mean, I, I personally, I wouldn't do that for you. I told her like what happened me and my brother and like what, what happens to other people. And you kind of feel like, okay, but if I'm struggling with all this, this acne or pimples, like that is affecting my mental health really bad. Totally. So it's kind of worth it. And then I remember seeing her posting after a few months, like, oh my God, look how good my skin is. Like it's working amazingly. I thought, sweet, good on her. It meant the, the depression, the risk for depression doesn't affect everyone. Yeah. So I remember seeing a couple months after that. She, she had that moment where she wanted to be honest and like she, she come out to kind of talk to people and like her mental health is shattered down deep, so low. Yeah. Wishes she never did it. Yeah, she had the clear skin now. But like that acne on your face was affecting your mental health in a way that is probably like you can probably get over that in other ways where this yeah. is like on a chemical level. Totally. I, I, I'm not in contact. I'm not sure like how, how – how it went for her, but like, yeah, even those like sorts the of pill. gnarly chemicals are, yeah, oh, stay away from them if you can. Yeah, hundred. I I agree with that for sure. And yeah, like even the contraceptive pill. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, like disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not medical advice no. <laughs> or financial advice. Or anything. No, or anything. It's not advice. <laughs> it's not advice. No advice given. No, but yeah, it's it's a wild world. Yeah, and I think. For me personally, choosing the natural way has yeah. just always served me so much better. And trying to find the root cause of what's going on yeah. rather than just, you know, masking it. Treating the yeah the symptom rather than uh, fixing the cause of the issue. Yeah, mm. for sure. Uh, and the last question I had before we wrap up was about the podcast. You've kind of explained why you did it. But talk to me about like you came together with Lara and you're like, what was the real reason that you got together and decided to go on this journey? And then... I know it's going to be hard. I'm putting you on the spot again. If you had to pick one story or quote or moment from one of the almost 50 podcasts you've recorded, what moment stands out to you from from that whole thing? And you don't have to say my podcast. <laughs> oh, well. Um, oh, look, the podcast honestly like lights me up so yeah. much. I love – I was pretty good at public speaking yeah. in high school and I feel like this – it gives me such an outlet to do that. And I also love connecting with people. I feel like just getting in their sort of like space is, I don't know, it's just so great, so inspiring and I absolutely love it. So it kind of came about um, when we started Bright Futures, such like a bit of a backstory, yeah. but for the, for the sake of time, we begun a podcast for that. And we had some hiccups with our business partner. He left us and da-da-da. There was a whole big story there, but I won't go into that. Yeah. And in that time, Lara and I went out for drinks and we were like talking about the podcast, talking about like business and just like where I was at and stuff. And probably about a year before that, she came to me and said, I think I want to start a podcast, but I don't really know how. And like she never said, I want to do it with you, but yeah. she was just sort of like floating the idea and like, wanted my advice, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, so that night when we were having drinks, she was like, you know, I really wish we did the podcast <laughs> together. And ever since then, literally that night, like a bottle of Prosecco deep, yeah. we were going around Brisbane asking people, what should we call our podcast? Yeah. Like it's going to be literally one of those a few drinks. You're like, we should start a podcast. You know what? We should start a podcast. <laughs> literally. That's what it was like. It was so organic. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, so good. And then we were asking her boyfriend about it and he was like, yeah, right, oh, girls. <laughs> and then literally like the next week we were like, all right, we're locking in a meeting. Let's do this, like yeah. planning planning phase. And, yeah, now looking, we're like 50 episodes deep or something. Yeah, and crazy. we asked him the other day, we asked Lara's boyfriend, we're like, did you think we were ever going to do it? Yeah. And he was like, look, to be honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, then second question, did you ever think we'd get to 50 episodes? Oh, honestly, it was kind of something that we started. We were like, let's just – why not? Like yeah. I get to chat with my best friend. We yeah. get to like meet some new people. We kind of, it's like one of those beautiful things when you don't put pressure on it, mm. but then it blossoms yeah. um, and turns into something where you're like, wow, like, holy moly, we've chatted to like 50 people or whatever. Um, so to answer that, I don't even know if I thought about it. Yeah. Like 
I guess. I didn't have any inkling of stopping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just something that I was like, oh, I love doing this. Like, why not? It's the best way. Same thing here. Like, it's, it's difficult because everything I do is so attached to goals and stuff. But one thing with this, it's just like I know the long-term goal and vision for the podcast. But all we're going to do is we're just going to record podcasts and put out content. And then, yeah. like, it'll evolve, you know, over the months and years. But I really don't want to let any other outside noise penetrate the enjoyment of doing it because we want to have a podcast, you know? Yes, for sure. And I think that's why it's so beautiful because it is like purely enjoyment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the favorite sort of episode or segment, oh, there's been so many, but I think, um, I think recently we've had some pretty big wins in terms of who we've secured as guests, like yourself. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was one of the first, right? Yeah, you were. Yeah, Honestly, we were so stoked when people said yes to us. We were like, "Oh my god, people actually." That's the thing. You start us. like saying, like you, you like, but you can't plan for too many people to to say no, like to say it, like, wait, what am I saying? <laughs> Sometimes you're, su you're surprised by how totally. many people say yes. Like, fuck, we have ten podcasts booked now. Literally, you know? yeah, hundred percent. And it's like when it rains, it pours, yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, recently we've had. Some really amazing people who are like TED talkers, like Dr. Mm. Libby. She was insane and That's such cool. a great public speaker, like just yeah. so professional and yet so engaging. Um, Ellie Watson, who's the founder of Elsa's Wholesome Life, she mm. was awesome to chat to too. And that was like probably one of our biggest breaks in the podcast. When she shared it, she did a story frame and it just went nuts. Yeah. Lara and I were like, Oh my God. Like, this is what it feels like to have a million followers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, sick. Yeah. There's been, honestly, there's been so many. I can't pinpoint like mm. one single thing, but. To many more, huh? Yes, exactly. Cool. Um, we'll wrap this up. Thank you again for coming. You're in Sydney for like less than 24 hours. So enjoy uh, Sydney while you're here. Um, before we finish up, yeah, for anyone that wants to find more info, you, any of the businesses, your podcast that you're involved in, what's the best place to, to find you? Yeah. Um, Amelia Aiken Dean is my Instagram yep. and then I'm also at the happyemployee.com.au. That's where my products are. Um, and some would say on Instagram too, has all the links. Yeah. Cool. We'll put all your links in the show notes and everything, but again, thanks for coming. Have fun at your event later today and safe travels back home. Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved it. All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.